So now I want to switch gears a little bit. This is related. It's a little bit better news. Um, certainly throughout the pandemic, uh, which is ongoing, Frederick County government has worked to make life better for the people who live here. We've stood up high volume vaccine clinics and we've taken vaccine out to the community and the health department continues to do that. We've delivered meals to our most vulnerable seniors. And we even had, as people forget this, some innovation among our staff who developed a decontamination unit to extend the life of N95 masks when our supplies were short. I will say that's another thing that has been, we're in a different place this year, is you know, when this started, we did not have enough PPE for our healthcare workers um, and we couldn't buy it. And today we do have adequate PPE and hopefully that will continue. And throughout the pandemic, we've provided grants to our small businesses, to our farmers, to our daycare providers, to try to help support our economy and keep it strong. So today we have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the county and our community to build back better and stronger than before the COVID-19 pandemic with smart use of our federal funding, which we have been provided through the Federal American Rescue Plan Act. So Frederick County has been allocated $50.4 million through the Federal American Rescue Plan Act, which we fondly refer to as ARPA because we like to have a shorter name. And we've received half of that funding to date, and we expect the other half to be allocated to us in the spring of next year. So we are seizing the opportunity to um, use these funds to provide general, generational investments to lay a foundation for a small, a strong and equitable recovery and some meaningful, meaningful and lasting change in our community. We want to lift children and their families. We want to make sure our businesses and our economy thrives, and we want to make sure that we have uh, life is even better than before the pandemic. So that might seem like a strange thing to talk about today, but I do want to announce some of our ARPA money um, allocations. So our goal is to allocate this money smartly and wisely. And when we learned about ARPA funding, we initially began internal discussions to think about how to best use these funds. And then we reached out to our long-term community partners, many of our human service nonprofit agencies and others, to try to brainstorm and develop a framework for meaningful change. This led us to an initial list of proposed projects, which was really a starting point. And I've always been a strong proponent of engaging the public and local government because we know the best ideas often come from the people. So in August, we conducted a survey to identify what the public thought would make the biggest difference to people and businesses as they recovered and renewed. And close to 600 people participated in the survey, and we received thousands of written comments. They provided information about the financial and health impacts of COVID on their households and gave recommendations about how to best use ARPA funds. While some households have experienced few negative financial impacts from the pandemic, others have experienced loss of income, lack of in-person schooling and childcare, childcare continues to be an issue, and difficulty paying rent or mortgage, food, or transportation costs. Many households also experience health challenges, including mental health, substance misuse, illness or death from COVID. So in the survey, we asked where the county should invest these federal funds. Mental health, business assistance, and broadband each received uh, top support with 76% of the respondents saying those should be the priorities. Other priorities areas with high levels of support, including help to seniors, housing stability, health disparities, childcare, and arts and entertainment. And those ranged from 69 to 74% of respondents. The survey also collected thousands of written comments about services and programs that people in our community needed, 
to recover. After we compiled the survey results, I hosted three roundtable discussions this fall. We invited certain stakeholders and experts to participate in these, and we also engaged the public. Um, the roundtables, I thought, were just really incredibly positive. Uh, one focused on human services, one on business and the economy, and the third on health. And we had great discussions. So I really want to encourage people to watch any of these roundtable discussions. I know I left excited and energized about the possibilities. And you can find them on the county's website, along with a lot of other information, at frederickcountymd.gov ARPA, which is our, again, the American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA. The webpage includes a, a list of all the initiatives that have been suggested, the community survey results, presentations our staff has made to the county council, as well as information on how the federal government will allow these funds to be spent. Because like all funds coming from the federal government, they come with a long list of requirements, which limits some of the potential choices that we have. For instance, counties are not per permitted to use this money to provide a tax cut. So today I want to share with you how Frederick County has used these funds to date and announce some new investments that are coming out of the first tranche of funding. Approximately $21.5 million has been allocated or committed to projects. Now this work is ongoing. It's a work in progress. It's, a type of pro it's that type of process. And we expect that new ideas will rise as the months uh, move forward. And there will be future announcements of, um, as a review committee makes additional recommendations to me. Now in the future, I'm just going to announce the new announcements, but today I wanted to kind of go over where we've been and, and the new things we're announcing today. So we've had extensive outreach, and based on that, we're targeting the use of these funds to seven priorities or pillars that are integral to our recovery. So these include health, health disparities, children and families, economic recovery, mental health, seniors, and transportation. Now you'll note that transportation is uh, the foundation of a lot of these. It's connected to pretty much every priority or pillar and it's important to the outcomes of all of them. So we heard about the need for reliable transportation options in each of our three roundtable discussions, so it really is an overarching issue. Health and health disparities ensure a continued robust response protect public health from the impacts of COVID-19, and we are trying to identify and address systemic health disparities, which are key to our community moving forward in advancing equity. One of my key priorities among these is to strengthen children and families by providing resources and support to improve family stability, to reduce adverse childhood experiences, which we call AVEs, and to ensure success in school. And personally, I really am most excited about our opportunity to improve child health and welfare, to stabilize families, and what that means for securing long-term success and a bright future for our county. We're certainly focused on economic recovery. It's important because we know our economy is also a foundation for our community. The prior this priority demonstrates support for business and agriculture through grants, outreach, and workforce training. Another priority is addressing mental health. The demand for mental health services has certainly increased as a result of the pandemic, and our goal is to strengthen and expand our behavioral health response in our community to meet this need. This includes crisis response efforts, including our 24-7 mobile crisis unit, and looking forward to implementing a crisis stabilization center, which would complete our continuum of care. And last but not least is seniors. We have a growing population of seniors. Seniors were certainly impacted by the um, pandemic, 
in lots of ways, including uh, isolation. And this priority demonstrates our commitment to ensure resources and support for the seniors in our community so they continue to live safe, healthy, and productive lives. Now, we've received a lot of requests and ideas for a share of the federal uh, Frederick County's American Rescue Plan allocation, and we anticipate additional requests since we are still in the pandemic and our response and recovery is an ongoing process. So, you know, we're still in the pandemic, so when we talk about recovering from it, we're recovering from the initial impacts, and then we'll continue to work on recovering from what still sits in front of us. To ensure that the funds we distribute are spent appropriately, we established an internal review committee, which carefully can review each one of these ideas and requests, and they're looking to make sure they fit into these seven priorities or pillars that I've identified and that meet the strict guidelines um, of the federal government. As always, we strive to be fiscally responsible and accountable. The review committee includes the county's chief financial officer, the deputy chief administrative officer, uh, the uh, uh, deputy director of finance, the supervisor of accounting, the director of operations for the division of Ch citizen services, our grants contract administrator in procurement and contracting, and because uh, we want to prioritize and address issues of equity, and it is actually a federal re requirement of the ARPA money, um, which emphasizes equity, our chief equity inclusion officer is also on the review panel. This group meets each week, and ultimately they present their recommendations to meet for final approval. The county is also partnered with an outside audit firm, Clifton Larson Allen LLP, to oversee the use of funds and to ensure that we comply with federal tracking and performance re reporting requirements. So I do want to say we always want to have an open and transparent process. We're always fiscally responsible. We always account for every dollar we spend because it is public money. And this is something I think in Frederick County we've done really well with all the outreach and with all of the systems we've put in place. So the programs and services I'm going to announce today have been carefully reviewed and will be carefully monitored. So we've had about 16 projects that have been approved to date, so with funds either committed or allocated. Some of these have been publicly presented and discussed with the county council. And today I'm going to share what those are so that you know where we've been, and I'm also going to share some of the new announcements. So let's begin with the priority uh, pillar of economic recovery. So we previously announced funding of about 810000 to visit Frederick, which is our tourism council. The tourism industry has especially been hard hit during the pandemic when travel was limited and uh, actually wasn't permitted, only uh, central travel was permitted for some time. Visit Frederick's budget relies on hotel tax revenues, uh, which dropped substantially in 2020. Hotel taxes account for two-thirds of their revenues. So the Tourism Council supports many of our small businesses through grants, advertising, and promotions. So before COVID, tourism generated more than a million dollars every day in our economy. It was certainly important. And so this request clearly fits within the economic recovery pillar. And, um, you know, by helping visit Frederick, we help our small businesses promote our history, outdoor recreation, our craft beverage makers, our museums, and a lot more. So another top priority under economic recovery grants supports the county's efforts to bring broadband to unserved and underserved areas within the county and to position ourselves to take advantage of significant state and federal dollars that are being made available for broadband. In today's economy, we know that broadband is critical and it's essential for everyday life and for work. 
We're committing $2 million to expand broadband access and to roll out some initiatives to enhance security of our IT system, which I think we see as real important after you see what happens with the Maryland Department of Health. Now, some of these dollars um, are going to add staff so that we have people to take advantage of the state and federal grant opportunities and to manage those projects. And I'm pleased to say that county staff is currently getting ready to apply for a second rural broadband grant. So we need to seize that opportunity and we need to have people to do that. And I gotta tell you, each week I hear about broadband from people who really are in rural areas or underserved areas or in areas where it's unreliable. So there's a lot of work to be done there. We have several projects that have been approved to support our seniors. Now previously announced, we announced funding for uh, renovations and upgrades at Belcourt Senior Apartments in Woodsboro. This is a county-owned and managed 28-unit community. $360,000 of ARPA funding will be used to upgrade some major components that are in need of repair and renovation. We've also previously announced $2.5 million from our initial allotment to go to replace lost revenues at Citizens Can Rehabilitation Center and Montevue Assisted Living Facilities, which again are county facilities. And we'll commit another $2.5 million out of the second tranche. Now, these facilities, like all nursing homes, experienced reduced census during the early days of the pandemic and have had all kinds of requirements so that they've had to drastically change how they provide services. A lot of that's had cost associated with it, and um, that's going to continue in our congregate facilities uh, moving forward. It's important to note that citizens in Montevue have been self-sustaining. They've had a self-sustaining operation prior to the pandemic, and we've supported assisted living to some of our most vulnerable seniors without cost to our general fund. It's a very successful financial structure, and it does help uh, people. And that is our expectation of how we'll operate these nursing homes moving into the future. Now, today I'm going to announce some new funding awards to support our seniors. First is $300,000 for Advocates for the Aging to purchase various devices and equipment for seniors to retrofit their homes so people can age in place for as long as possible. Examples could include ramps, grab bars, electric lifting chairs, benches to transfer in and out of a bathtub, and special shoes for people with diabetes. Another new allocation is $300,000 towards keeping seniors, veterans, and disabled homeowners in their homes through the nonprofit Rebuilding Together. Rebuilding Together makes home repairs for low-income homeowners so they can remain in their homes. So I want to note that these announcements really were not creating new parts of government. We're really supporting our human service nonprofit agencies that already do this work. So it's a great partnership. Another new announcement is to support a project that aligns with two priorities, both seniors and health. In collaboration with Advocates for the Aging, uh, Frederick Health Hospital is interested in launching a program to provide social and medical services to frail seniors in our community. The program is known as PACE. <coughs> PACE stands for Program for All-Inclusive Care of the Elderly. $125,000 will be used to conduct a feasibility study for the initiative, uh, as well as engage a consulting team to support an application to the state for a state-sponsored PACE program to happen in Frederick. Now, PACE is currently operates one location. Um, it's operated by Johns Hopkins, and there's a desire to expand this to add three additional locations, and we want one of those locations to be here in Frederick. It is a competitive application. So the PACE program really supports the frail elderly. And it does, I'll tell you a little bit about it, care teams would provide day uh, health care, medications, medical equipment, 
nursing care, rehabilitation, and social work services. So it's really a program that's all-inclusive care of the elderly with a focus on the frail elderly. So this $125,000 prepares us for that competitive uh, application. So stay tuned for more on that. Now in terms of, obviously we're going to continue to protect public health, we also want to improve public health. Those are key priorities. So projects focused on health and health disparities include $300,000 for maternal health disparity study. Uh, Dr. Brookmeyer presented this to the county council a couple weeks ago. And um, this is a, is a work, work to improve outcomes for black mo mothers and their infants in Frederick County, where we know there's a large disparity. And this program will engage a grassroots group of women to lead the community and to let us know um, and you know, they'll help identify the challenges and the needs. We want to address long-standing disparities in health outcomes for black women and their infants. We certainly want to reduce infant mortality. Another project presented to the County Council was a program called Family Connects. And this is a program I'm really excited about. This is a program that came out of Duke University. It has 10 years of data. It's data-driven. It's proven to have positive outcomes for children and families including reducing adverse childhood experiences and helping children have long-term success in school. It's one of uh, the potential largest investments we'll make out of ARPA funding, and uh, it's really, um, really uh, exciting and from my standpoint. So it starts with a nurse home visiting program. So we have approximately 2,800 babies born in Frederick County each year. So through Family Connects, a nurse will visit with the uh, the home of newborns and their families to check in on mom and baby. They'll do a wellness check. They'll help families navigate feeding and sleeping schedules and connect families with any needed resources, whether it's more follow-up care uh, with the, for the mom or emotional support or even necessities like food and housing. Then the program follows up with these families on an ongoing basis for those who need and want additional support. So when families are supported, families are strengthened. And when families are strengthened, new babies get a good start in life, and these families are successful. So again, I'm very excited. It's hard to describe this in a few sentences, but it is one of these uh, programs that has potential to make life better for Frederick County's next generation. Uh, we will allocate uh, $8 million to support this program over a four-year period with Frederick Health Hospital taking the lead and building its capacity to support Family Connects ongoing. So eventually the goal is to have the program funded through the hospital's reimbursement and payer networks. So Family Connects aligns with a lot of my priorities, a lot of these pillars that are identified, health, health disparities, children, and families. Now today I'm also going to announce additional funding to support children and families through a program that we've already had in place which has been a very successful community collaboration, that's Feeding Frederick. Feeding Frederick connects families and people who are food insecure to free food distribution sites across the county. We do have an internet active map that was launched during the pandemic so people could find the nearest food and distribution site closest to where they live. You can put your address in and it will identify where you can get food and what day and what time. This is a collaboration between Frederick County Government, a community foundation, the Osherman Foundation, and many community partners. So we're going to allocate $44,600 to continue the Feeding Frederick public awareness campaign. So we're providing food. There's lots of food, food available for people, 
but often the people who need it don't know where to get it. So this is really about um, public awareness and making sure that people know where they can get the resources they need. Now the next project is also a really great community collaboration. The Religious Coalition for Emergency Human Needs is preparing to open their emergency family shelter on Hayward Road on the north end of the city of Frederick. It's expected to open in February of 2022. I've had a tour. It's a lovely renovated project. They've raised a lot of money from the community for it. And this will shelter and house women and children who are facing housing insecurity, including homelessness. Currently, families stay at host churches and move from one church to another each week. It's really a challenge for those women and children, mostly women and children. So um, 265000 of the county's ARPA allotment will be used to fit out the shelter to you know, put furniture and beds, appliances and supplies into the, into the shelter. I'm very proud to be able to support this community effort to provide our first family emergency shelter in Frederick County. So families can be stabilized and get back on their feet. Another important part of healthy living is our mental health. Mental health issues can arise in many forms, stress, substance misuse, and behavioral issues. Throughout the pandemic, many people have experienced extreme stress because of loss of income, daycare, and um, sadly, the loss of, of their loved ones. Grief is a powerful emotion. One way to address grief is to provide an outlet and a place to focus these feelings. So last summer, we asked people to submit ideas for a memorial to help our community deal with their grief. And um, we requested uh, suggestions for a memorial garden where residents can reflect on those who fell ill or died as a result of COVID. And fortunately, that number is growing. We also want to honor essential workers who continue to support us despite increased risk to their own health and safety and the fact that they have grown weary after almost two years of taking care of people who are sick in our community. So we are setting aside about $250,000 to design, build, and install a COVID memorial this memorial will be constructed at a location in Utica Park. It will include a tree-lined walkway, benches, and a stone centerpiece to allow reflection and contemplation. This project is being designed now, and it should be completed hopefully sometime next summer. Now, transportation was a big thing that we heard about through all of our roundtables. So today, I'm going to announce some new funding to support three projects in the transportation arena. We know transportation could be a barrier to accessing health care, nutrition, jobs, and education. And again, we heard about this underlying every other topic that we talked about. So to improve public transit, Frederick County will invest $600,000 to update transit services software and hardware. This includes software that provides real-time tracking information, as well as software that provides information to riders on board our buses. We need to be able to offer both written and spoken information so riders of all abilities are informed. We're also gonna invest 100,000 to redesign our bus network and integrate our Transit Plus services. So this funding will allow the county to optimize bus stop locations, identify opportunities to better serve growing areas of the county, to create and track updated performance metrics and engage the community to meet riders' needs and to reconfigure bus schedules. So it really is about optimizing our services to meet the demand. We'll also be able to streamline Transit Plus, our paratransit service, which is in huge demand for seniors and people with disabilities to get to medical appointments. And the last project is to improve transit's bus stops. 500,000 will be invested for improvements to bus shelters and transfer facilities. 
These improvements include installing concrete boarding pads to improve safety as passengers get on and off buses, and they'll also engage our community partners to enhance pedestrian safety near our key bus stops. For example, we may need to extend and add curb extensions. We'll also launch an adopt-to-stop program with local businesses to improve visibility of transit and to engage new partners. The plan calls for installing shelters at new locations, enhancing transfer facilities like the depot on Carroll Street in Frederick, where most of our routes intersect. Now, all of these projects that I outlined today are not the only projects that will be funded through our American Rescue Plan Act allotment. There's much more in the queue and a lot of discussion. It is an ongoing process and a work in progress. So um, you'll expect to hear more from me after the first of the year.